Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Conspiracy Farm. It's me, Jeffrey Wilson, rolling shotgun with my boy, my dude, my partner in crime, Pat Militich. How you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, Jeffrey. How you doing down there in the loo? I am doing well, my friend. I cannot complain. I had to, I had to, in addition to the show prep, I had to balance it out with a little bit of comedy, some stand-up, some Bilber, something to balance my mind because, you know, I have forewarning now. I have forewarning of potential trauma to my brain from our last conversation with Mr. Josh Howitt. He definitely took me off my square with um, his, his, you know, relaying of the goings-on in Mozambique, and we're going to talk about that today. He is our host, or our guest, by the way. I just kind of spilled the beans. And we're going to talk about the potential civil war in South Africa as he saw basically another version of this in his country of former Rhodesia, Zimbabwe. Mr. Josh Howard is joining us today. How are you doing, my friend? Good evening, Jeff. How are you, my friend? Thank you. I cannot complain, as always, every single day above ground is a good day around these parts. Man, as um, I, I get hit. Oh, that, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, click the link below, the PayPal link below. If you don't mind, donate to the farm. Support the farm, baby. This is all that dough I can guarantee you goes to keeping this ship afloat, the machine well-oiled and moving forward. And um, that being said, if you had a chance to listen to the previous episode we had with Mr. Josh Howitt, like I said, he is from former Rhodesia, Zimbabwe. We'll just call it Zimbabwe. And they went through a very similar things are going on in South Africa. I get hit all the time. Hey, you should do this, this topic, this topic, Pat. I'm sure you get the same. And yeah. as I as I researched this particular topic, I was like, whoa, not only is this a sequel to what we talked about, Josh, a year and a half ago, but this is actually happening right now. And it's uh, the level of, of wickedness and horror and massacre is going on as relating to the Civil War. The farms in South Africa, there was recently in February legislation which said that the land can be confiscated without compensation. Um, this is a part of basically the ANC and the EFF, the EF, oh, the ANC being the Afri African National Convert Congress, um, the EFF being the Econ Economic Freedom Fund led by Julius Lamemba and, of course, the president right now of Africa, Jacob Zuma. This has obviously been met by serious consternation in the West and everywhere in the world. What are your thoughts, man? Are we are we on the precipice? Because you know you know what's going on with these massacres. You've seen it happen before as it relates to these the farmland, etc. And just to give a quick breakdown of, of of South Africa, we're talking about about fifty seven million people, seventy nine point four black African, nine point two white, eight point eight colored, as they said, and two point six Asian. To just a quick give a quick breakdown of the demographics of South Africa, what do you see going on, my friend? Are we on the cusp of some just heinousness? I think, Jeffrey, that, that everything is being set up right now for that reality, unfortunately, to unfold. I think I think the, the goings-on in South Africa are, are, are terrifying right now, and they look very similar, if not more overt, than they were in, in, in Zimbabwe. Uh, the, the leadership in Zimbabwe, in South Africa right now, is... is um, huge 
It's one of the largest congresses in, and I, I use my air quotes right now, the democratic world. They are the largest politician base, um, and and they are supporting verbally and financially groups of people that are that 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 their drive, their rhetoric is the destruction of the white man within the borders of South Africa. And obviously, you know, a lot of this heat stems back to not only this apartheid times, but, you know, you had, you know, the, the colonials or the Dutch who showed up in six, April 6, 1652. It was your pretty much a rival of whites in, in South Africa. And, you know, since then, obviously, it's been a, a rocky road. But, I mean, long story short, I mean, we could even have a, our own show about the atrocities, the massacres, the horrible shit that went down under apartheid. My thing is now that pain is being weaponized. And we're going to talk about who could be larger at foot in, in this, because as we talked about with Mozambique and what was going on before, you had Russians, you had Chinese playing a part in what was going on there. So, like you said, I mean, you, you have you have the EFF, the Economic Freedom Force led by Julius Lumumba. You have these campaign rallies where it's literally just like you said, kill the whites, kill the Boers. What do you do when you see the Boers? The Boers, of course, are the, the, the descendants of the, the Dutch settlers in South Africa. These are political rallies. And as we talked about off air, this is very reminiscent of what happened in Rwanda. And if everybody thinks it has to be a racial issue, race, of course, is a part of it. But when you look about look at the lethal killing machine that was unleashed on Rwanda in whatever that was, April of 95, almost a million people decimated in a less than three months. If you think it has to be racial in order for this to happen, you're an absolute fool. But what I'm saying is I see the hallmarks of genocide happening again and as i've talked about on this show i've related to a documentary whether it's kosovo whether it's serbia whether it's rwanda angola it has there's there is a process that goes on of of propaganda before the real trigger is pulled and we're seeing it josh pat you you, you know it the massacres yeah. that are going on three-year-old girls being raped surviving the rape then being set on fire girls being nailed crucifix style to a table as she's being raped women being raped little girls be, i mean this this is across the board this is not just shooting people and killing people it's massacre it's That's cutting crazy. off feet and legs and eyelids while so fathers can watch their daughters being raped it's insane what's happening pure evil pure evil josh go ahead and I, I think if you wouldn't mind, Jeffrey, if we if we could just set the stage, because I think you brought up a very, very good point, which is that this sort of thing has happened across the world on many different occasions. And and they all have similar patterns. And, and by no means, please, I, I want your audience to understand I'm, I'm not this is not what I do for a living. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm outside of this world as a historian or a, a, a political scientist or anything like that. Um, it, it's just from being a citizen, living and experiencing these things uh, in my childhood. But there is always a, a, an economic backdrop that is not favorable to the government at hand. Um, so you've got resources that are being moved uh, uh, unequally or, or, or unrepresentatively to certain groups of the population and the rest of the population lagging behind um, are, are, are seeking some sort of a, a, an equifier on that, some sort of equality, some sort of a, an equality of outcome or, 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 or spread the wealth a little more. And you combine that with 
um, financial input from a foreign government like China, yep. um, who did that in your former country, yep. Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, and, and funded terrorist organizations to come in and overthrow the government and kill white farmers. And, that's, and the Chinese, we've, we've pretty much surmised that they're responsible for this. Again, some Chinese are already taking over the farms in South Africa. So the South African people, uh, the black people, are doing the dirty work for the government and the Chinese, butchering the white farmers, chasing them away. And then the farms are being given, well, not necessarily to the blacks. Well, and that's Chinese, yeah, Chinese and that's that's on. Well, and again, the weaponization of their legit pain is what right. almost is hijacking their mind. And like, wow, they're be, they're becoming the hate that the hate produced essentially. And they're now ra they're literally rationalizing the same shit that happened to them because of their anger, because right. of their vengeance. And that's why I just I, I I just I don't know, man. I'm really just kind of at a loss. Well, Sorry, and this is and not to interrupt you because we want to get a lot out of you, but. You know, this is where, you know, like I messaged you earlier, Jeff, you know, the fact that, you know, our government has legalized killing American citizens, our, our government has legalized detaining American citizens indefinitely without due process. Our government has passed a bill making it legal for the media to put out propaganda, false, fake news. And this sets the stage for anything like this happening here in this country, turning us against each other. And, and they've already basically put out several years of information dehumanizing the other side based on anything, religion, race, uh, gender, anything else. They are hard at work. Well, again, and the telltale sounds are right here. The, 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 uh, the ANC and Jacob Zamuma's government are affiliated with this Indian crew called the Guptas, who run the African News Network in South Africa, which pretty much does the very same thing, just controls the narrative controls the flow of information and thus controlling everyone's perception of events. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, uh, just, just to, to look back, you know, uh, South Africa has been an, under um, majority rule since 94, first under the leadership of Nelson Mandela and now uh, uh, Jacob Zuma. Um, in the 20 years thereabouts, I mean, it's, it's closer to 30 now. Let's let's be honest. It's closer to thirty. In those thirty years, time flies. The unemployment rate has over doubled. So during white apartheid rule, it was around twenty twenty one percent. Right now, the conservative um, uh, uh, stat is about forty five percent unemployment. Um, my my father just got back uh, three weeks ago from a wedding. Um, for a family member in South Africa, and he says that it, it's looking like closer to 55% of the population are unemployed right now. Um, the, the standard of living has just plummeted into the basement. Um, at one point, it, it, you know, 30 years ago, South Africa produced more clean water than every other African nation put together. So there's 54 African nations now. South Africa produced the exact same amount of all of them put together. Now they're in the bottom 5%. Well, now their infrastructure, yeah. their water infrastructure, is all the pipes are leaking, everything's collapsing. Apart. They, well, it, uh, Town is going to be dry by June, they say. Yeah, that's what they say. Well, and there's a couple things going on as it relates to that. And I, I've heard that that is mostly because of the policy of 
basically laying off white workers and hiring black workers. And a lot of the black workers aren't necessarily as skilled in the water engineering or the farming for that matter. And this goes back to what was going on in Mozambique. Once that did happen, once the sea, the farmers were seized and white folks were pushed off of their farms, you, you saw the same collapse of the, the food, the agriculture, the economy in Mozambique to the point where Joseph, uh, uh, Robert Mugabe said, please come back to well, uh, it's not a, a, that's not a, I don't see it as a color thing. What I see that as, you know, if, if somebody took uh, you and I, Jeff, and had us take over a department of NASA or something that we didn't knew nothing about, it's going to implode. So what's happening is these people are being put into these farms or taking these farms over who've never farmed before, and they don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. 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 They, they don't know what they're doing. They're confused. And that's most likely the implosion for it all. Well, and I, and I also saw there was a, the Chinese gentleman speaking to a, a South African gentleman, and he was like, look, man, you guys have had it for the last 30 years. And they, he almost cited the same numbers that you just cited, Josh, as far as the decline in certain things. And it was just he was pretty much trying to impart like, hey, man, you guys have had a shot here and you didn't pay attention to the clues of success when 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 certain things were here. Now things are in a complete shithole enter the Chinese, into the Russians, et cetera, et cetera. No, I don't think it's necessarily a racial thing. I think it's obviously a skill thing. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, it's interesting to see Mozambique being that the canary in the coal mine of exactly what we're seeing right now. Because we're well, and it's related to the water. I've heard um, that it's also that the ANC government deliberately, uh, what do they call, running off water because if they know they turn the spouts on, it goes to the farms. So I've heard a couple of different reasons why the droughts kind of some of it's manufactured, some of it's obviously legit. Yeah. And you think of all the, the things you've got to be an expert in to be a farmer. I mean, you've got to be not only understand horticulture, but you have to understand diesel mechanics. You have to understand how to fix equipment. You have to understand how to rebuild a barn. You have to understand a lot of engineering. You have to understand chemistry, chemistry right? You have to understand you know, um, water engineering, how, how to, how to uh, keep the water flowing, things like that. That's just a lot of stuff to know, right? And these people don't know it, and I mean, they were they were morons for expecting it to work. Well, I mean, yeah, like you said, I can't go into NASA and run some shit. I, don't, I mean, if you give me 150 acres of land, I mean, I could probably do what I could do on it, but not as good as a professional far, you know, a professional farmer. I mean, and that and that's happening across the country, and it happened in in, in Rhodesia or Zimbabwe as well, across the country, which caused if the implosions. Jeffrey, you know, you're also got a country now that is. I heard this, which I'd never heard before when I was doing a little bit of research, but not only they're the largest group of politicians running a country. They are the most well-paid uh, group of politicians anywhere in the world. They are the number one well-paid. So they earn more than our American congressmen and senators. And then not only that is that they're also known for having the largest legal problems within the cabinet. More cabinet members in South Africa have been sued by their population than any other country. Or so we're talking about mass most likely imprisoned. And right. Well, and, and you're talking about the, the, the when you're talking that's the controlling the, the, the country that was also not only there were a lot of political prisoners during apartheid and that cannot be denied or, or should it ever be because th there were some horrific things that were done during apartheid but also there were uh, a criminal aspects of that like planting bombs like shooting people like etc etc i mean winnie mandela was charged with murder <laughs> so you've got a you've got a real motley crew that that should not be running a country let alone 
you know, the, 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 what, the largest economy in Africa, you know, should not be run by criminals. Yeah, criminals. Criminals and, and, and people that don't have the, the degrees or the capacity to work this out in a functional way. And, and that just adds to so many governments in Africa. You know, to do the numbers, the ANC controls 249 of 400 seats. The EFF, that Economic Freedom Force, was this, which is essentially a Marxist political party, controlled 25 of 400 seats. So you're literally talking about, you know, three-fourths of the government controlled by, you know, the at least as it relates to this, the, the land grab folks, uh, you know, some, some pretty dubious cats that are, that are down for... Um, I don't know. How much time do you think there is? I mean, this has been going on for a couple of years as far as the massacres, the rapes, the killings, etc. How much time does South Africa have? Because this law was just passed in February as far as the illegally being able to grab the land and no compensation. How much time is left for South Africa? And there already is fleeing to, to Europe, too, from, from white farmers. Jeffrey, you asked me that question, my friend. I've got a very visceral response. I don't know. My, I've got goosebumps all over my body right now. I don't know how to... I can attest to that. I don't know how to... I don't know how to put a time on it, but but the you know watching Rwanda, watching things go down in Zimbabwe, there is always this this indignation from a from a group of people, and then there is some sort of empirical support of that indignation, whether it be political, or financial, and then all of a sudden the spark happens, and and. And what, what generally happens is a very, very, very quick, fast-moving fire that goes through the entire thing. And then by the time the world recognizes what's going on, the damage is done. And in order to lock it down and, 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 and put, a, put a, a border around it, 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 takes a, you know, it takes too long to get it done. So I, I don't have wonderful feelings about it right now, looking at where, what it looks like. Well, you know, God willing, things will change. But right now, it's being set up for a very, very horrific situation. Genocide. Yeah, it's a genocide. It will happen. Well, let me ask you guys, and we kind of alluded to this in the beginning. What What are your thoughts? I mean, how this relates to the the goings on in the U.S. I think we talked to Joseph Farrell last week. Farrell, I got I got to get that right. Farrell, <laughs> and he he thinks we're already in a shooting war. You know, we see, and I talk about it all the time, the level of you know us at each other's throat on so many different levels: gender, ethnic, race. You know, you you name it: have, have nots. You know, religion. And I think here we're also, and I've said it before, we're being prepped for something here. I think South Africa is a little bit ahead of us, but as far as it being manipulated and manufactured and taking people's legitimate fears and ill and weaponizing that. What do you guys think how that kind of thing, we already know what's going on here, but could, could we see more of what's going on in South Africa here? I think it's exactly what's going on. I think it's an advanced form of identity politics that has given a group or groups of people uh, the justification to feel upset about their peace and their place in the world or their position in the world at the this particular time and feel that they have been unjustly taken care of and the bounce back from it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a Marxist ideology from the get go. This is what created the, the, the problem in the first place and now is compounding it where there is no more political room, right? You know, you've got a group of people that, that, that are not going to be, they, they've been, 
They've been encouraged by words. They've been encouraged by their financial uh, position uh, to, to, to go along this line. And I don't see too much of it being backed off. Political correctness to the point where you can't, if you are hiring people, you, you, you have to first go through the, the, the races and then end up with the whites. You're not looking for people that necessarily are qualified which means that your businesses, your banks, your establishments are being run by people that are not the best your country has to offer, regardless of race. Right. Um, right. Uh, that has a knock-on effect. It just, it just does, unfortunately. So I think a lot of the similarities can be drawn. You know, whether it's it's the whites of the or it's the people that don't look at transgender roles in the same way as, as you do, or um, whether we are conflating the same amount of damage from a, uh, a, a, a pass of, you know, while wow, you look lovely today and rape being the same thing, there's a conflation of things. Right. You know, it's identity politics, and that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no. and, and the fact that, you know, you, you, you change your government you start changing the way in which the population lives very, very dramatically. You disarm population. Huge and then point. you can do pretty much whatever you want with it. And when we're talking about a group of 2 million people that are looking at 45 million people down the other end of the barrel of guns that they have had removed from. I mean, it's a scary, it's a scary thing. Yeah. And, you know, I would say this, that we see things already happening in pockets in this nation, um, you know, with riots and, and other things like that, where people are people are stirred and riled up by the media, uh, by false reports, by, by anything, any means. And that the Marxist mentality is that of you know, anything is permissible so that we can obtain the resources and wealth of a nation. And that's that's what it's all about. So. Um, when you see disarray and, and propaganda and, and things like that, you're getting it generally. I mean, sure, there's some some propaganda from from uh, conservatives now and then, conservative groups. But for the most part, the lies flat out come from those Marxist groups, those 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 uh, you know those Soros funded groups, things like that in this country and in Europe uh, to destabilize a nation and have it implode. Look, the first thing we saw after the shooting in Florida was CNN mobilizing so fast and identifying, um, you know, this young man who uh, many wonder whether, you know, what, what, if anything, he had to do with this whole thing. His father's part of the FBI. How did they so quickly identify that young man to take on tour? That was the guy. They knew it from the get-go. That was the kid. Wanted to right? be a reporter, was just at CNN a week before. Yeah, yeah it's none, all. Of the kids, none of the kids that are saying... I heard gunshots while I saw the kid that supposedly did the shooting, but I, I heard the gunshots in different parts of the building, this and that. Another classroom that, you know, several kids in this classroom saw the door handle rattling. They were trying to get in, whoever it was on the outside, and then heard a voice say to the person, it's locked, let's go try another one. That's, you know, that's the type of stuff that's not being reported. Of and course, yeah. It is a war on guns. They want our guns for uh, and people sit there and go, oh, Militich is a freak. These guys are freaks. These, uh, this NRA thing, oh, my God, you, you know, they're, they're not going to take your guns. Listen, we already know that at least one-third to half of the, uh, of the Democrats 
who are in power right now in Washington, D.C., would absolutely repeal the Second Amendment if they could. Well, it seemed like you had Trump, uh, you know, moistening Diane Feinstein up a couple of weeks ago with his statement about, you know, I would rather to take the guns first and then due process second. So, you know, that's a but, whole kind of. And, and, and as I said, you know, with the, with the legalization of propaganda and being able to kill U.S. citizens uh, without due process, detaining them without due process, all these things that are going on. And then all of a sudden, an 18 year old can't buy a rifle and can't drink. But you can send him off to war to die for your friggin' evil causes. That's that's where the American people have to go. Wake the up. Well, in that in that same legislation, it legalizes the the police force to based off of uh, a domestic violence issue or even social networking post to come take your guns. That was also a part of yeah, that. Yeah, as and well as weapons. Yeah, dude, I was just having a conversation. I had coffee today with a special agent. I'm not going to say what department he's with or anything like that. Uh, but he and I haven't talked for a long time. Uh, we're both members of the same same lodge. Let's just put it that way. And we had a great we had a great time talking this morning over coffee. And you know the fact that they have the ability to not only at a federal level to spy on us, they can turn your phone on, they can use your camera, they can read everything on your phone, they can listen on your phone, they can use it as a spying device. And not only are they doing it at a federal level now, but they're doing that at state and local levels now. This is unacceptable, and the American people need to, you know, this is where, you know, he and I both said, man, I tell you what, I'm going to a flip phone as soon as I can. I'm, I'm buying a rat phone with cash, and I'm buying all the minute cards with cash, and I'm registering the flip phone and the minutes under a false name from, from right. a computer at a hotel, so I don't even have to freaking deal with this shit. And people think that is so outside of the realm of, of possibility and it just really is it's happening yeah it's just you wait till wait till the wrong person comes along who uses all of this all of these bills that have been passed and weaponizes this and goes after truly goes after opponents that's when you have absolute utter chaos in this nation which you know i would hope to god we're not there yet but you know the crazier things are happening in this world you know, not- you know, Jeffrey, if I may, no, sorry, just to interject just yeah, a little absolutely. bit. You know, when you look at people's indignation about about apartheid, which there should be, uh, um, et cetera, et cetera, but then you compare like stats. So in the 45 years of apartheid, there were X number of people killed. There are more murders in South Africa in one week today than were under the 60 or the 50 years of apartheid before that. I think I In saw- its entirety. That's, that's the people that were in detention. So let me, let me clarify this one more time. So in, in the 50 years of apartheid, there were, uh, more, there were more people killed every week now in South Africa that were killed in the entire time of apartheid in detention. So you're getting more murders in one week than you did during that entire right. evil uh, uh, agendaed group, you know? Wow. It's changed. That's a huge number. That's to talk about immigration and migration. Yeah, that's and that's a formed in 1950 and that and by me by by saying that I mean it was put on the books. Apartheid had been part of South Africa before in British rule but never had been 
sort of uh, conf- conflated into one thing called apartheid. It was just right. separate rules and regulations. You have 150 more race rules on the books today than you did under apartheid. So they've taken the rules of apartheid and they've expanded them, 150 new rules and regulations in, in, in the law system of, of South Africa. You've got people dying every week that far, far exceed anything that was going on during that time. Your economics is in the hole. It's, it's rife for change. It's, uh, when, when apartheid came about, there were about 2 million whites and about 5 million blacks in South Africa. In 40 years, that has gone to, what, 45 million blacks to about 2 million whites? So under under white rule, under apartheid rule, the population exploded in South Africa because civil, civil uh, unrest was kept under lock and key. You've got eight different major tribes in Africa, in South Africa that none of them get along. If left to their own devices, as happened right after the elections when Mandela was free in 94, there was a huge amount of chaos in South Africa. The murder rate went through the roof. Uh, Zulu versus uh, ANC murders were through the roof. I mean, those people were killing each other, carte blanche. But now you've had this increase in, in migration from the poorer countries around South Africa into South Africa that have that has led to a population explosion, you know. Well, and, the, and, that, and that's another good point, man. That's another uh, aspect of the racism that's going on. You have your native South Africans who who are pretty, pretty much racist against some of the other sub-Saharan Africans who come into South Africa. So it's just like, like again, you don't, you don't have to have white skin in order to get hated on anywhere in the world, quite frankly. But unfortunately, we do have a preoccupation with, with racial animus, et cetera. Um, wow. I don't even and, know. And there is a brutality from native-born South Africans to other Africans, Zimbabwe's, uh, to the point where where hostels, where uh, uh, groups of workers will be staying, those have been set on fire. Entire, you know, um, apartment complexes have been set on fire and burnt to the ground with the occupants in them. Uh, doors were locked beforehand. I mean, there's. There's some some really scary things that go on in the mines there uh, against uh, people of color that w- you and I as, as as Americans now would would have a hard time discerning that they were of a different tribe, let alone any of the other differences that might exist with religion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You and I wouldn't be able to tell the, the the difference, but they're killing each other like 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 nobody's business there. It's terrifying, my friend, and that's that's what I'm trying to get is that we, we're we're looking at a country that has so many sociological and economic problems that are now adding a hate rhetoric, and this is real hate speech. If you guys yeah. want to hear hate speech, right, 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 right. What the president of the South Africa is singing about. Yeah. Look at the words that he is saying. That's hate speech. I mean, the, and like I said earlier, these are these are kill them, kill them, kill them. Yeah. Kill them. And these are political rallies. These are not, uh, yeah, these are actual rallies where it's, you know, I, I, yeah, it's, this yeah. defies the mind where they're just, like you said, singing about killing your their enemies. It's just. It's, so now do these, all these whites, these two million whites, how many of them get out? Um, there, there, have, there has been a trickle that has got 
a lot more recently. And your relatives more specifically who live there. Yeah, so so out of my family, um, my, my mother is South African um, from, from the Cape province. She had two sisters, so there were three sisters. Uh, there are um, three, five, there's seven grandchildren, none of whom live in South Africa. When was the last time you, you were back? Have you been back to South Africa any time? I've been back for years. Oh, okay. Yeah, back a long time. But, but my cousins have all left. Um, my cousins from Zimbabwe, two of, the, two of the three cousins that I have have returned now. But they went back but because they, they were asked to come they back. They were asked to come back. And yeah. run the ranches? Yep. My my both of my one of my cousins runs a, a, a large farm now, just like his father did. So the land was given back to them after it Mugabe is, was removed. Correct. That that's what I was that's what I was saying earlier, Pat, because things got so bad, you know, in, in the Mugabe government where there was you know, they were asking the, the yeah, farmers who had after after living through that and escaping it and knowing the potential is there, especially what's going on in South Africa. For you know, part of part of Zimbabwe's border touches South Africa. You know that that's very close proximity, uh, not only geographically but to what's happening. That how easily the Chinese could pull that shit again and fund terrorists to come back. I don't know if I'm the guy bold enough to go back there, man. Well, I mean, I think that the Chinese have done have kind of done a one up on their game, where it's like they're no longer. I mean, I'm sure they do have some rebels funded, but now now they're codifying it in law. I think, like I said, I think the Chinese are well behind a lot of this EFF and the ANC movement, where they codify the law of yes, we're going to take the take the farms and then redistribute it equally to black people, and we'll see how that works out. Because I could guarantee you, there will be no redistribution of the land once this once this actually goes down. Yeah, I, I think that Pat hit the nail on the head that, that there's a very close geographical proximity. But Zimbabwe has now gone full circle, most recently with, with the removal of, of Mugabe as the president. But whites are being pulled back in. But if you look at the difference in the economy of Zambia that started this process 20 years earlier than, than Zimbabwe did, they're starting to boom again. Um, there are lots of white farmers that have, have moved back there. They're doing great. The economy is going up. Uh, the, the middle class African um, is, is, is their, their quality of life is going up. Their education is getting better, et cetera, et cetera. All the, all the, 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 the points that we look at to judge on, on how a country is doing, they're all going, going in the right direction. No, but here's South Africa plummeting into the basement. No, was there apartheid in Rhodesia? Uh, there was nothing named apartheid, but there were. So, so you will find in almost all British colonies a stratification um, of of the the population um, with biases obviously going along racial lines, which all happened but, in India, also. Which happened in India, which happened right, in the Middle right. East, which which happened here. Um, as long as you guys allowed it to happen until you went no more and came up with the constitution that that stands 200 years later as the only protection against tyranny of any country in the world and we are questioning its veracity while we look at the dismantling of other nations ahead of us right that should be teaching us a lesson we should be learning from others mistakes apparently we want to we want to make the mistakes ourselves so that we really learn them, which I think is ridiculous. You know, well, I mean, in a huge part of so many of these conversations is emotion. You know, it's so easy to get, you know, 
to have your emotions manipulated and you know like i said the the pain is real from from the from the travesty and the, the transgressions in in under apartheid etc but again like i said to, to to assume that the notion of <clears throat> of fixing this is to do to them what they did to you i mean bro that just creates the like basic crip versus blood gang cycle of violence that just never never freaking ends i just I, I don't know, because like, I, I watch the same campaign rallies and just and see the people singing about killing the farmers, et cetera. It's like, this is beyond political discourse now. You know what I mean? We have. And let's look at what happens after that takes place. You know, let's look at a, 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 a Zimbabwe. You know, you get this horrific culmination of violence and then you get a relatively uh, debatable peacetime where acts of terrorism and, and, and peripheral violence are still going on, but the, the economy of the country starts to, to, to descend into such depths that all of a sudden things that used to be taken for granted, like quality of water, like the street lights going on, right? Like having a police force that can take care of itself. Now, when a police force gets into trouble, right? and they get surrounded, they call private security contractors to show up to protect them. That was another thing I found pretty interesting in, I mean, in the research, is, yeah. The largest growth in South Africa is in the cleanup crews, the companies that come in to clean up after these home invasions because there is so much blood, there is so much damage to these structures because of the disintegration of the bodies that takes place during these attacks that, that, that the only growth economy in South Africa right now is in crime scene cleanup. In, it's in crime scene cleanup. There are 400 companies that that is their entire job. Yeah. You know, and the interesting thing about it is, and I haven't looked that much more into it, but I know that uh, Eric Prince's former company called Blackwater that used to do a lot of clandestine yep, yep. Uh, guarding pipelines out of the Caspian Sea between Iran and Russia because obviously U.S. forces couldn't be, be there. Um, doing a lot of a lot of security work. Uh, they renamed that company Z, and it had been doing a lot of mine and oil um, security protection for Chinese companies. And I know that Z is, I'm sure, in South Africa at some of these mines with the Chinese companies protecting. Uh, not only the workers, but the executives, of course. And uh, so Eric Prince, I'm sure, is a busy, busy man who's raking in plenty of money off of this. Yeah. And, and for every, you know, for every, you know, political rally where it's just about kill Whitey and all that other crap. I mean, there there's so many other machinations and in, in, uh, be it, you know, people profiting off it, contractors, et cetera, any war. I mean, this is no different. And I just I, I don't know, man, I, it just breaks my heart to see humanity fail itself in such a way when you see just the just the just fucking just leveled right. brutality well, that people are pushing inflicting on each other yeah and you talk you talk about these rallies where they're talking about killing the white farmers things like that but we have that going on in this country right now i mean you have to think about the crowds marching down streets in major cities mm -hmm. saying you know pigs in a blanket cook them like bacon yeah what do we want dead cops when do we want them now that shit's going on here That's, so people pay yeah. attention that's why I say, I mean, they're obviously a few steps ahead of us. I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Jeffrey. I'm, uh, I, I got no, that's okay. Got a little bit up, but, but being able to name someone a Nazi and then anything that you do against that person has a, a level of, of carte blanche associated with it because 
you've labeled him a Nazi and we don't, you know, I mean, the difference between Nazis and, and people who may have a slightly different, different, different political view of you in America today, you couldn't have two populations that are different. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not honest. It's not fair. It, it, it doesn't do any good and it's certainly not going to heal things. And I, I hate bringing back the, the economics of it, but if you can see the sort of similarity, you have three million people in South Africa that are paying taxes. You have 16.5 million people that are receiving grants from the government. Start seeing this. Start seeing what this looks like in 20 years. Because without farms that are run correctly, a country like Zimbabwe that was the breadbasket of Africa, turns into a place that needs aid just to feed its people its daily bread. And then you move to South Africa with way more population, a huger population, and you eradicate its food base, you eradicate its water base, you eradicate its social services by putting in not only incompetent people, but corrupt and incompetent people to run those. And in 20 years' time, you have 40 million people living in hell. If it's not hell now, it will, it will be hell in will a very be. short that's, amount That's of the time. thing. I don't, I don't think it takes 20 years to no, get there. It, it, it doesn't. It's going to rapidly devolve. Well, especially, I mean, you, you enter the economics of it and then the, the freaking war and the genocide of it. I mean, that's that's taking care of – that's going to take care of quite a few people. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn upside down. But the point is, is that we're not going to deal with this just for one generation. No, you're right. And, yeah. and, and we look at this and with a long-term thought process, we start to see – the, the, the small-term solutions of any of this that, that come out on the other end create more of those problems later on. Well, and you so look at the, the look main... At the entirety of this. Yeah. And you look at the main beneficiaries of this. I mean, that's obviously one of those Latin terms, key bono, whatever it is. Who, who's benefiting from this war? And for me, it's it's outside forces. It's it's your Chinese. It's, it's you know, your people who are, who are coming in and setting up shop on the ashes of, of what this war is, is, and is going few, to be. And the few puppets within the nation that are that are pulling this off. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, exactly. You got your freaking, your Jacob Zumas, your Julius Lamembas, and uh, you got this guy, the Democratic Alliance... Uh, Umusi Mmaini. I'm mastering his name, but he's he's supposedly the only voice of reason here in Africa that, or at least South Africa, that's supposedly trying to quote unquote bring the sides together. He's not talking about seizure of land, etc. He he seems to be the only voice of reason, but we always know what happens to those uh, voices yeah. in the these kind of situations. So he'll end up he'll end up dead or you know exiled. Well, he'll end up exiled to Arkansas, where they'll kill him there. <laughs> but he get he get Clintonized. He get Ar he get Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, African style. Well, any any closing statements, Josh, Pat? I mean, this is. I mean, we could obviously talk about this for a while because there's so many different ramifications and so many different aspects of this. Which, like we talk about, it's relating to what we got going on in the U.S. You know, I think I don't even think we're halfway through this kind of larger agenda of destabilizing all throughout the freaking world. What what, what can we look? I'm just I'm just glad and I'll let Josh finish after I'm done, but I'm just glad that we didn't get into too much about the specific horrendous crimes that are going on. Just you know, we touched on it, but yeah, uh, you know, we're talking more about the the economic side of it, the geopolitical side of it, the you know, the people behind it, the the criminals behind it that are within within the country and the powers that be outside of the country, uh, the purse strings, you know, follow the money, you know, that sort of discussion, uh, so that you can cut the head of the snake off. Yeah, and, and stop it. But I, 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 I fear it's way too late. 
I fear that you know um, the, the 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 whites of South Africa are going to have to flee the country, or they're going to get butchered. There's just no there's no ifs ands or buts about it. And I think that the country is going to it's imploding as we speak. Um, it's going to implode financially. Its its infrastructure is falling apart, has been for some time, and I think millions upon millions of people are going to die and suffer because of it. And and it's at the hands of very evil, very leaders, and and it's very sad. Well, and we haven't even brought up what the the name I believe they're the, the I'm going to massacre their name too the the South. Sweetlanders or something. something. There we go. And it's like one of the largest kind of pair of military non-army group, like eight hundred thousand strong supposedly. But yeah, I mean there 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 is a crew uh, over there that is not going to just uh, go away. It yeah, sounds. I think, like. I think that if you know if this is let allowed to go to its course, like Pat said, there will be a bloodbath. Make no doubt about it. It, it it's going to be it's going to be horrific. And, uh, um, you know, you've got a group of people, the Sudanese, that are, uh, they consider themselves ethnically African, although they are white. They are, they are the group of people that have been there the longest, the, the whites that sort of started trickling in in the 1600s. The Dutch, yeah. They're a, they're a separate group from the English that came towards the end of the 19th, the beginning of the 20th century. Um, these are people that that really literally consider mm. South Africa their home, and they don't have another place to go. Unfortunately, I think those guys are gonna they're gonna dig down deep, and they have a history of fighting armies that were so were very superior of them uh, mm. in numbers. They're very well trained men, but it's been twenty years since any of them have seen action. Um, but it it. it it's when the two come together, if it turns into something that is much more uh, organized rather than raiding groups, if there is a, you know, a group of if people. The, you're saying if the white Africaners uh, assemble yeah. and arm up and go after them, it's going to be very, very it, ugly. It, it will be really, really ugly. I mean, and we will see a military force being used against the paramilitary you know, these these are people that are looking just to protect themselves, but we will see a military group coming up against them. In response, hundred percent justified in feeling terrified. I mean, the, the 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 rate of murders in South Africa for that group of people, white South Africans, is the same as you would see in a conventional war for a population fighting within a conventional war. That's how many people are killed every year similar to the number of Americans that were killed during the Vietnam War. Right. So I, mean, I guess it's not even a matter of like if there's going to be a war. I guess it's just a matter of the severity at this point. Exactly. And I think, unfortunately, that that is the conclusion that we have here. Wow. And the cleanup is going to be, it's going to be horrific. And I think to yeah, myself, well, what a wonderful world. If those folks are defending themselves because they are terrified and justifiably terrified, um, and I'm not talking about the anger, the past anger of apartheid and all the horrible things, the horrendous things, and the indigenous people being angry. I understand that. I, I do. I understand it. I, I don't. I, I I can't feel it because I didn't live it. But I know if somebody came in and invaded Iowa and and took it over, I'm killing some ass. I'm killing some people. Right. right. I, I understand that mentality. I do. Uh, but but. Um, you know when the when the whites down there go off and and form up their their army 
Um, you think the Blue Hats are ever going to get in there? No. I mean, no. they they stood down during Rwanda, so I don't think it's. Yeah, they didn't really do much during their Rwandan stuff, so I don't imagine they're going to do much on during the this. And watch it all happen from from yeah. from the vantage point. Yeah, from the confines of their white Humvees. Wow. Well, Josh, I can't begin to thank you enough for your insight and your information. Obviously, having you seen pretty much a version of this going down in your homeland in Zimbabwe, aka Rhodesia. Um, wow. I you know I, I wish we didn't have to have these kind of conversations. You know, on the conspiracy farm, I, I love shedding light on a lot of fucked up shit going on in the world but i mean I, i'm i'm glad to do it but it's unfortunate that this is this is one uh that 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 this exists to to need light shown on i mean i like i said pat we didn't get too deep into the atrocities and what's going on and i didn't i don't like beating that drum but you have to at least mention it because you know like we talk about we're we're pretty fucking we're pretty numb as it relates to violence and, and you know we're 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 products of war and warfare we've we've seen it but you got to hear stories like crucifixion of children on table just to start to get the 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 brutality and the evil which is roaming yeah. this this land and and i think we like we've talked about i think we've just kind of seen the beginning of it i hope we're wrong but uh it's not looking good ladies and gentlemen thank you jeffrey for uh to you and pat for inviting me on again i hope uh, i was able to shed some light on it uh, uh i i think it's a very very telling situation that we can look at from our vantage point and go, we've got to be very, very careful about how politically we get over certain certain aspects of our society. Yeah. Because when, it, when, when wrongful indignation kick in, you can create some problems that, that, that don't need to exist ever. Well, and, and we've talked about it on the show here when ext- you know, we're, we're seeing we're seeing all over the world, but we're definitely seeing it shown in, in serious fashion what extreme tribalism has the potential to do. Uh, and like I said, we're seeing an extreme version in South Africa, but we're seeing a lot of elements over here in the good old US and A. And I just hope to God that it doesn't spiral um, to, to where they're at in, in South Africa. Gentlemen, I, I appreciate your time. Patrick, I will talk to you here in just a little bit as we have part two of our evenings of shows. Another great conversation. Glad to get this one out of the way first. But uh, again, Josh, thank you for your time. Pat, love you, brother. Talk to you soon. And uh, peace, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey, where can we, where, do you have any uh, social networking stuff you want to shout out, Josh? Anything we could uh, follow what you do, brother? Big Five. Just Big Five Power Conditioning is, is the name of the company on, on Facebook. And uh, yeah, we're, we're planning on filming some videos Maybe maybe we can do some videos of you training me, putting them online, and uh, start selling your online training. I would love that. Yeah, he is a, he's a beast. Yeah, go over to Big Five Conditioning. If you are in the quad season, get your ass kicked by this man. He'd be more than happy to do it. I have been a recipient of a couple ass kickings, my, kickings myself. So, uh, <laughs> Too few and far between. Exactly. Well, let me tell you, boy. I'm, I'm feeling it, too. All right. All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for sticking it out on this uh, little troubling but informative conversation on the potential civil war in South Africa. South Africa, peace. So much love, guys. Stay tuned. There will be more.